0: Guys, hey! Welcome to episode three of In Your Own Words with me, your host, Pia. Um, brought to you by Common Sense and Redequal. and we are here today with a really amazing guest. Welcome, Mister Danny Andrews.
1: Hello, hello, hello!
0: Thank you for being on today. We have thank a you really. For me. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Continue then.
1: No, I was just saying thank you for having me. It's a, it's a, it's a privilege to be on the show and um, <laughs> be able to. To speak to, to you guys and, and be a voice for the people. Are you excited. Um yeah, of course. Definitely excited. <laughs> um, well, I guess that excitement is an under understatement, but I mean uh, <laughs> No, me. that's me just being a joker. Um
0: everyone from Manchester is apparently a joker.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can switch it on and off when needs be. But apart from that, it's it's gonna be great to 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 speak to you guys um give a little overview on me um my my life my story (laughs)
0: um so today's session we're going to be talking about rewriting your stories and um like where you've come from what adversities you've had to face how you overcame almost like hard times in your life and how you got to the position that you are now so, um, I suppose my opening question to you is, uh, what is your story?
1: So my story is that I grew up in Manchester, a place called Rusholm. You can
0: tell by the accent, everyone. Ser-
1: number 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 six, Cyril Street, <laughs> um, round the corner. And, you know, it was, I guess in, in, in the area that I'd grown up, it, it's, um, uh, an area of, to some extent of real deprivation, um. You know, of course there's a lot of gang affiliation, but there's a lot of poverty as well. Um, it's a poverty stricken area. And um you know, people don't necessarily have exposure to outside of, I would call, as we would call the estate. Um, Cause everyone's half the time stuck in the estate, you know. So this is kind of how I saw things in life at an mm-hmm. early age. <clears throat> Not only that, my household, um, which is a big part of my life is that I'd grown up in a, in a household full of domestic abuse and neglect. You know, um, unfortunately, my father, who was also a pastor of his own congregation, um, you know, he, he kind of abused me, my mother, uh, my siblings. Uh, I guess that was the darkest point of my life, mm. really. I think, you know, you often hear stories about people sort of speaking about, you know, this has happened in my life but they're talking about one time and two time and three times. But I guess for me, it was, this was heavily done every single day of the week, you know, twenty yeah. four seven, three six five type of thing. So, you know, this type of life that I was brought into was a, was a life of violence and everything I knew yeah. was violence purely because I was born into violence.
0: Do you feel like that like the way that you've grown up in your household, that's changed your perception on life and how you see certain things or how you want to be as a person.:
1: Yeah, well, you know, you know the oft- oftentimes people say that coming from a, a, a household where domestic abuse takes place, it can either cause you to be that person. Yeah, violent, yeah, domestically abusing your family. Or it can cause you to do the opposite, which is love, nurture, care for, you know, you have a different type of heart. Yeah. And I guess mine just stay towards that yeah. direction, nurture, caring. But that wasn't till later on mm-hmm. during my life.
0: I feel like that's a lot of ways that things can go in life. Like I've seen so many people in hard situations and, um, like family, friends, and there's two ways you can go. You can be in a hard situation, so go out of your way to make someone else's situation hard and feel like the world owes you because they've put you in a shitty situation really or you can go out your way to make someone's life brighter and more positive because you've seen that and you think you know what I don't want to put anyone else in that position because I've been through that myself and I I think it's hard to go between the two to be fair because it's a fine line like you have that anger inside of you that resentment that like you've like that is stuck with you and like psychologically with you I suppose um depending like who you are and so to overcome it I think is like It's like quite, um, it's like, how do I explain? Like a uh, amazing thing to do, to be able to differentiate between that and think, you know what, actually I wanna go and like make a good life. Like that takes a lot of like strength inside of you to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, I think in, in response to, to kind of what you say now, I think fear can either be your biggest strength or, I guess your greatest downfall in life um and adding to that is that my fear of becoming that dark danny that mm. that crazy, insane, mad, you know furious, dangerous Danny, is what caused me to draw towards the other side, yeah. You know, fear is also seen as a negative thing, isn't it? Oftentimes for a lot of people, but you can take positivity out of it. And my positive that I take out Mm -hmm. of fear is that I fear that that Danny, because I know what that Danny can do. So I try my Mm -hmm. best to really stay towards Mm -hmm. the other side where I can keep in control of myself, keep in control of my thought processes, but then you've got to understand as well, then surely that's a mind thing. Not everybody has the ability to think in that manner. You know?
0: It does take a lot of strength, I think, to be Mm. able to do that because especially nowadays with a lot of like mental health stuff, it's very easy to get into a bad, like a bad mindset, very easy. And I think it takes a lot of willpower to be able to overcome that and tell yourself actually, I want to do something better. I want to be someone better. Mm-hmm. And just have that almost positive mindset. I I think that is what we struggle with as a so- as a society these days having that positive mindset. Yeah. And like I said it's amazing that you were able to do that. Yeah. To be fair. Um one thing I was going to ask is do you feel like all this that you're talking about these emotions like um fear and anger and things like that do you feel like that you've had stereotypes because of that. Like some people have seen you as like, maybe like a stereotypical black man that has had this like past or have these emotions and that's affected you in terms of like how you've been perceived by certain groups of
1: people. I think oftentimes people look at where you come from. Mm. You know, the most common question asked is what? Where are you from? where are you from like
0: UK or where are you from like both
1: but 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 the question is where are you from yeah what why do people ask that question where are you from why is that most times the first question people ask why is it not like how are you doing or are you okay or um my name is why is it always where Mm. are you from
0: to see if you fit in with them I suppose isn't it do they claim you
1: I think that's just a natural thing that that's become the new normal Mm. in in some ways that's become the the thing. People want to, to understand you and know who you are. And from knowing who you are and understanding you, they can then respond to that in whether, is this person for me or is this person not for me? Or or yeah. or, or, or put together an overview in their mind and that stereotyp- <laughs> stereotypical mindset of, I bet this person's about it, or I bet this person's this, and I bet this person's that, or maybe I need to keep a little bit away from this person. So everybody has that type of view. Yeah, on again, from, <laughs> you the stereotypes
0: know? that come through. I think also it's like a claim, isn't it? If you if you have someone and they say, oh, like, if I ask someone, oh, are they Indian? And they say, yeah, then almost I'm like, okay, I can claim you. You're my own. Yeah. We should have similar experiences. But really, it doesn't always work like that. Like, we're also different. And, you know, you're right. Like, what does that mean when you say, like, who, like, where are you from? Like what do you what, what do they want you to say mm. as well?
1: What's the intention? Yeah. What's the intention? I'm not disregarding it. I'm just saying. But why? Mm, a little pull in the back of your head.
0: Do you get a little you know. bit like put off by that question? Like if someone asks you, you're like, oh, like this again. Yeah, do you know what this? Oftentimes... Can I just say this is embarrassing because the first thing I asked him because he had a very strong Mancunian accent on, when this he came is my in. <laughs> When joking. he came and I said to him, I was like, oh, so where are you from? So we're talking about this. And I'm like, oh, shit, like I did this earlier. So, um, no, sorry, carry on. This
1: is my episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking joking. over. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love it, I love it. I love this interaction. This is uh, this is fantastic. And, and just to obviously add there, a lot of my young people that I work with now, this would be great for them. And I think it will be a positive step mm. towards greater futures for them going forward. But, um, Another stereotypical kind of viewpoint people had of me at the time was he's always serious, he's always moody, he's always, he looks aggressive. You aggressive. know, he looks, yeah. So why I smile a lot these days. <laughs> you got a
0: really nice smile to be fair. Yeah,
1: thank you. You know, my mum my mum did say to me, she said, Danny, look, you know, when I was younger, I just used to look so ugly because I was always frowning. What? You know, so my mum <laughs> said, Listen, you know, my mum's Nigerian innit? So she was like, on, oh, you know, smile, put that you know, put that smile on <laughs> <laughs> people you look ugly <laughs> i like it so ever since said it was just like i had to put a smile on my face because she said that'll brighten you up and it's it'll make you look good though. i feel like yeah. it's
0: warmer when people start smiling i think it yeah. is but i feel like there's a certain thing as well though of like maybe like black men not smiling because yeah. i feel like then it is like oh you're a bit aggressive a yeah, bit serious yeah. a bit like i don't yeah. want to be near you for sure but then like if you smile, I suppose people think in their head, like they turn it around and think, oh, okay, like they're smiling, like they yeah. seem a bit more open. But, but it's s- a weird thing to think that as well. Yeah,
1: for, but most of the time when I frowned when I was younger is because I was in that world and yeah. that's just part of what, like y- does you You don't smile when, when you're caught up in that sort of stuff that I was caught up in, which you'll probably come to, to ask me later, won't you, about yeah. you know, what? what I was involved in. But I mean... The frowning, the, the the screw faces they would call it. The screw yeah. facing was was kind of the thing that made me, and that mm. showed that that was a survival thing. Actually, that screw facing was like to let people know that you're about mm. it, or to to show that. Look, I mean business, and that was a survival state of mind. Um,
0: I suppose I could say we could touch on it now a bit. But what what were you involved in, like? as a kid like um what were you ex- <laughs> what were your experiences growing up in manchester how know. has that affected you in like your life now
1: this this definitely is Deep in relation question. to what i'm going to talk about yeah there was a time when um michael um hosted an event at the manchester uni and someone was talking about kind of like getting stopped by the police and this that and the other and someone was saying I got stopped by the police and nah, that. I jumped up. I don't know why I did it the way <laughs> I did it, but I jumped up and I was like, I sold drugs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in the middle of this, like, yeah, convention it, it, thing, it, in this talk?
1: In this talk, oh, yeah. Oh, no way. I was trying to vent. I was, <laughs> I was stressing, I was All stressing the, spotlights. the fact that even though I was involved in what I was involved in, the police didn't always treat me um, in a negative way to how people kind of see yeah. The police treating people now, but anyway, I was um, I was involved. But all right, so <laughs> let's 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 take a step back. Yeah, okay. Before I got involved in you know selling drugs and in that type of perimeter, it's it's more to do with the fact that I wasn't in control at home. I needed to take control outside the house. That would make me feel mm-hmm. better. That would make me gain that sense of credit. You know, power
0: your own self
1: yeah you know you you start to feel like i'm back to where i need to be Mm. when your father's smashing you up (laughs) for whatever reason Mm. something stupid something big don't doesn't matter what it is but going reckless on you you know you feel like this you feel feeble you feel like you're weak and you you just like you just don't feel good in yourself so i had to Make my way out of the house and take control back. And then taking control back, I was getting involved in fights. And that's how it started. I, I must have had over a hundred and odd fights. Just, wow. I was trying to represent me. I was trying to show yeah. people, look.
0: Was it like trying uh, to be a man almost as well? Like you know, take that back, that identity. It's control. Of yeah,
1: it's control. Like it is. It is partially identity. It's. Do you know? It's like. Someone who's always getting bullied, this doesn't happen often, yeah. but there are times when some somebody who's always getting bullied gets to a point where I'm snap. sick of this. Yeah. yeah, I'm sick of this, I'm going to take control back. I'm going to show you what's yeah. going on, you know so for me, it got to that point where I said, "I'm sick of this. in my head, I was saying I'm sick of this. yeah, I might not be able to do anything to you, but I'm going to show you something. But not only that, when I looked at people outside of my household, it's almost like I was looking at my father. So if mm. someone tried to bully me or disrespect me the same way that my dad did at home, I'm reacting in that way of... Mm. You're not.
0: I suppose it's easier as well to go up against them than it is like To your go against it, correct, yeah. yeah. And it's like you harbour those feelings but you take it out on other people yeah. because you can. Like, you have those abilities to be yeah. able to you have the facilities like you can't really do it on your dad so it, but it's another way yeah together.
1: and but another way i looked at it was is that hold on my dad has taken me through the valleys the darkest of places so what you do to me is nowhere in comparison
0: yeah, like you've already gone
1: like, like I've been, been through, through that. Through yeah, yeah, so it's like I, I'm going to show you, you know? That's why anything anyone else would do to me is like I've I've seen the worst. I've seen the worst, but not I've seen the worst, so what more can you do? More of I've seen the worst, so I'm going to show you. Yeah. This is what it's like this is what I'm about kind of thing, you know? Um And in doing so, a lot of people became intimidated. My name was getting about. People was hearing about me fighting. And I was like, almost like the enforcer. I was pretty much... I weren't really known much for drugs and stuff like that. And selling drugs and dealing and all that. I was known for fighting. I was an enforcer. Mm -hmm. I was a person everyone would call upon when there's gang wars. You know?
0: How were the gang wars in terms of like, growing up around them, seeing them, being part of them?
1: It was... The gang was. Remember, I said I was brought up in violent households, so you don't. When you're born into violence, all you know is violence. So for me, there was a thrill, you know.
0: Oh. There was a <laughs> my
1: my body, everything chills. It was like
0: it was almost like movie like. Yeah. Like, you're like you getting know, ready for it.
1: Just if I got that phone call, you're ready. Like, you're there. Someone was like, "Oh, Danny, so and so, this is what's happening," and. So-and-so's done this and and we've got into beef with this and that. And I jumped up. It was like a whole different energy. I could have been sleeping. I could have been in the Mm. deepest moment of my sleep and instantly sharp kind of take off. It's like...
0: Mm. Is it almost having as well, like someone to call upon you? Like someone needs you. They're calling you. They're calling Danny. Do you know what I mean? Like they need you. They need you to back them. They need you to be there with them
1: it is but if i say too much of like yeah that's definitely it it makes it sound like people are needy and i'm kind of there to fulfill yeah. their need and it's not that yeah it's just due to the fact that i it's mainly due to the yeah. fact that i thrived off the i thrived off fighting mm. i thrive like these two fists yeah my knuckles is down there that's oh, where my really? knuckle is down if there. If everyone
0: like, you can't see it, but like, yeah, if you look at your hand, if everybody in the audience further, looks at their yeah, hand, it's, it's like a lot <sighs> further into like, I
1: suppose. If I spent, if I had a week, hand. if I had a week where I didn't punch somebody, guaranteed these walls are going through. Oh, wow. Because it, if it's at home, mm. someone ticks me off, bam, the walls are going through. I had to hit something every single day. I had to hit mm. someone every single day. So if it weren't people that were hitting, it's the walls I'm hitting. It, it's you know, so it's <laughs> that's like aggression just
0: aggression not being directed and yeah. I suppose what people could say like the right way, yeah, more violent way I suppose we could say. Mm. Mm. But like, um, so like in terms of like the gang wars, then like being a part of it and seeing that, yeah. do, do you think it still affects you now when you do stuff like that sort of violence? Have you have you been able to channel mm-hmm. it? into i'm i'm more yeah
1: i'm more in control now than when you know i'm not a young person anymore and um there's been times when people have ticked me off and Mm. you know and there have been times when i've lost Mm. it a bit and and you know i I, i'm still learning you know i'm still learning yeah i'm still learning and the fact is, I can't say to myself, "I'm never gonna flip out again. I'm never gonna get angry. I'm never gonna." But what I can do is try to do my best each day when I do encounter a situation that seems quite intense and conflicting, and that's what I try to do every single day, right? But there are times, you know. I think I was watching um, a podcast on Mike Tyson. He was talking about he, you know, he knows the of war and. How, you know, he's scared of himself and he thinks that he's a little bitch and, you Ooh, know, wow. yeah, you need to watch that podcast and it's it's his own podcast yeah. show, you know, and um, he says in it about that he knows if he lets that Mike Tyson out, all hell's coming with him and he was crying, he was in tears and I was, I was kind of in tears as well.
0: Because you related to it. Almost. I
1: could catch every single word he was saying. You know, that thing of if I was to say something now to you, I might have a future in this, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I believe, even though I've not taken the position in that role, I believe I was born to fight. Like, I believe I was born.
0: That's an interesting outtake. Yeah, I I
1: believe I was born to fight. Mm -hmm. I believe I was born to be a warrior. Yeah. You know? I believe I was born to be on the field, on the front line, at literally at war.
0: <laughs> that raw aggression, though, that you're speaking about, and that like that fighter in you, like, how have you been able to overcome that? Especially like now, growing older, is there a way that you've like almost channeled it, or is there times where you just want it to come out still, or like you still like? It is obviously still a part of you, that's the thing, isn't it? And this
1: is why I can't use the word I've overcome it. Yeah. Because overcome really for me does fit into that box of I'm kind of out. Yeah, yeah, I'm never gonna go back, I'm out of it. And I can't predict that. Yeah. I can't anticipate that. I can't I I can't put myself like I'm forever on um an unbalanced road.
0: I suppose a better question then would be, like, how have you channeled it then? How yeah. have you created something that is, like, violence and that anger? And how have you managed to turn it into something that is, like, for positive use? Or for, like, yeah, like, better positive use, I would say. And, like, into something that's made you successful?
1: Yeah. Um, I think I do a lot of... I do a lot of thinking... And in part of my thinking, I uh, I weigh up the, the positives and the and the negative. And mm-hmm. even oftentimes in my talks and conversations with young people or whether I'm delivering a session, I always say, weigh up the positive and the negative and see which one outweighs.
0: So if the positive it, outweighs
1: the negative, yeah. guaranteed that's what I'm going to be directed to.
0: So you take time to think about it.
1: I take time to think about it but in thinking about it i come up with that type of conclusion of yeah. right look it seems like the p- take it a step further the positive i'm doing now i've got more to lose now than i ever have mm. in my whole entire life
0: it's scary when you have something to lose because before like when you were younger when you are talking about it and to touch on it slightly like the drugs thing i suppose you did have you did have stuff to lose that is of course, but like now you're in a stage of your life where you've got so much, you've built up so much from scratch, from yourself, from your own back, that to see it all go, that yeah. would be devastating, heartbreaking. It t- just takes you to a whole new yeah.
1: place. It's it's like it's it's more dangerous for somebody who's self-made to lose everything mm-hmm. that they have than someone who's obviously been basically... Had
0: it that whole transferred life. a, a mm. load
1: of cash or the parents have come from this or come from that kind stuff, of thing yeah. yeah and you can see obviously it's evident because the abuse that's taken upon these mm. things is much more greater than the ones that the self-made people do and that's what my life feels like it feels like although I'm not self-made I mm. feel self-made in a sense that I've built up no, I would what say I've definitely self-made. yeah I, I've I've kind of built up who I am what I've done from like you said, ground zero, and that's why I can't, in my heart of hearts, I can't afford to drop down to ground zero again. You know, and but, yeah, okay.
0: Sorry, no, I was, I was gonna, gonna I
1: was going I was, I was gonna take it a step further, no, but no, I, no, we, 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 will it. no, we, we, we'll, we'll
0: touch we, on we'll, it. Yeah,
1: we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that because I can sometimes go deep, so sometimes I have to try and no, restrict myself like from. It.
0: We like going deep on this podcast. Like I said, it's about telling your story. It's Mm. about telling the stories that aren't going to be told. And even though this is similar to stories that have been told in terms of like gangs, in terms of crime, in terms of drugs, it is different because you've gotten to a point where, you know, you've made your own story. Like you said, you're self-made. Now you've got a lot more to lose. And we want to show people why that's important. And you know there's a lot of people where we are in privileged positions where we don't think we are and you have come seeing lots of different people lots of different experiences and like for my aim from this I would want other people to take this and see like how you've able to channel such like a difficult and sad situation into something where you have become positive you've you've tried actively tried in yourself to be a better person and to go out and make life more positive or like make your own life positive and other people's. And I think that's really important. Mm. And it shows change. I think again, with the stereotypes thing, you know, you have changed as a person. You're not who you were like however many years ago that made you sound old. I'm sorry. I apologize. He's not old. Um, but yeah, like you have changed and, anybody has that capability given the right given help and support anybody has that like ability to change wouldn't you say Um, sometimes Sometimes. yeah
1: ability is a yeah you can
0: disagree you can disagree
1: no i think ability you know people often say everyone has the ability to change and things like that Mm.
0: um it's hard but
1: Yeah, it it really does steer towards everybody has this, everybody has a mindset. Mm. It's just not set kind of thing, you know, Mm. almost like it just takes a different type of functioning. Mm. It takes a different type of somebody to intercede and just reconnect Mm. things, you know, because it's been dysfunctional the way it's been going for so long. And it takes time, as you said, Um, it takes patience it takes commitment it takes consistency you know it, it it takes as well um you also being what's the word you also showing yourself a little bit of grace you a know kindness yeah and that's where the problem good. is yeah that's where the problem mm-hmm. is oftentimes people don't show themselves enough of that kindness you know it, it it's it, you're quick to treat other people with kindness but you're not really quick to are. treat yourself in, with kindness why 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 do you hold so such um value on your life that you don't consider yourself credible enough you don't consider yourself worthy enough i guess you know um and we can go into a whole preach about this as yeah. far as you I know i
0: suppose it's easier isn't it to be kind to others And then like when you're with yourself, like it is just easier to like almost, you know, beat yourself up about certain things. It's honestly our mindset society these days, like I don't know how, but it's just it is just easier to like beat yourself up about so many situations. But then if you're speaking to your friend like so many times in terms of. Even like basic little trivial things like relationship advice and things we've like got that.
1: The, we've got the best things to say. We've yeah. we've got the right things to say. We've got the right type of but solution for people. Ourselves. But when it comes to us, we just don't treat ourselves with mm. enough dignity and and respect almost as well. It's it's like we've seen our lives from another viewpoint, mm. you know. And and we do tr- you know that thing that you're just trying to always brush over. Yeah. You, you don't really want to get to grips with, you don't really want to intercede in and, and, and get to the bottom of it and say, like, within myself, this is what's going on. You know, we we're always brushing things to the side. That's what it feels like with a lot of people. That's why we're always, people often say, you're never in competition with other people, you're in competition with yourself. You're constantly challenging yourself. You don't say you're challenging others, you're challenging yourself. Why is everything about self? Why are we always challenging ourselves? Why are we always in competitions with ourselves? Why are we always um, being down and out about ourselves? Why, why is it ourselves against ourselves? You know what I'm saying? And
0: yeah, 100%. I feel like we've built that up that, you know, we're in a constant mind battle with we have to be better. with Again, like, and I we keep on bringing stereotypes into this, but, like, the stereotypes that we're given, we're in a constant battle with ourselves to over either overcome them or like get away from them or even yeah. be them. You know, some people want to be those stereotypes. Mm. They want to have that. And they want to have that, like that name for themselves, that community, that backing, like some people want to get away from it, but we're just constantly looking for, I'd say like, you're right. Like in terms of the battling yourself, you just constantly looking for who you are mm. or where you want to be sort of thing.
1: I just think we need to to to, to show ourselves more compassion.
0: Oh, I love us! That I goes through that's... the whole theme, everyone of the unity, loving yourself, mm. empathy. It goes back to um, I was saying that my big point about why I wanted to do this podcast is because I feel like we lack a lot of empathy mm. these days. Like, as a world, as a society, we're very individualistic. Even though we have collectivist cultures, we are we're looking out for ourselves. We're in a country where we are like, you know, we want to back ourselves, and that's it. Or oh, our families. And we've been told by, like, the government and stuff to look out for yourself, and that's it. But actually, we've got so much love to give to each other and ourselves. Um, And, again, yeah, empathy. We need that for each Mm. other to thrive, for each other to thrive. That's the thing. We can help build each other up. Yeah. But sometimes we don't do that. And I think we need to take a step back and look at it through, like, an outside perspective. So, like like, this story now, for people to listen to your like story and then take an outside perspective and think okay you know if danny can be positive and if he's able to channel that then you know maybe i can go down that route as well like to hear other people being able to do that makes you think you can because you never know people might be in a rut they might think you know what i may as well just carry on going down this path of you know being a bit destructive because that's all i know
1: yeah yeah There's two two things I often say to the young people when I'm in sessions or I'm delivering a project of some sort. The two things I say is, the first one is, every young person once had a dream, it's our vision to revive that dream. And the second thing is, the second thing is, what good is an experience if you can't share it?
0: Oh, I like that one.
1: And that pretty much stems from the point of, if I go back to the every young person once had a dream. It's goes back to me. I'm mm. reflected upon myself in this. I had a dream at the age of six, seven, and I was saying this to Michael at some point that I wanted to be a politician. I was into. I even watched Michael when he was on the yeah. Wow. I watched Michael when he was when when he, I think he was in the House of Parliament or you know some they was doing a small youth youth parliament kind of thing and and I watched that program. Um, but I was learning big words and things mm-hmm. like that. I was learning the the, 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 the the sort of words that they would use in the park. I was teaching myself these things, you know? This is even, mm-hmm. despite kind of being in a little bit of that grit of household and, and it's quite toxic and...
0: How is that? Because that's such a contrast, isn't it? I would say, like in my head straight off the bat.
1: Yeah, because it, it didn't fully develop to the extent of, you know real danger in the household Mm -hmm. it it was getting there but it weren't fully there every young person once had a dream is that i had a dream but then circumstance Mm -hmm. took place yeah circumstance took place and altered my direction
0: that's when reality hit
1: that's when it hit and i was like okay i'm gonna have to put this to the side for now because guess what i'm having to Mm -hmm. survive and when you're having to survive you hardly ever think about the road you was once going on, or the road you are going on.
0: I think what you said about experiences and sharing them is really important because one of the quotes that I said on my um on my page was that at the end of the day, if you can ex- share if you can share experiences with each other, why would you not want to hear them? Mm. Like it's so valuable to you. It's knowledge. Like we. We're acquiring so much knowledge. You were saying earlier about the education thing and about how you don't like education too much at the time. And I fully agree with you because I feel like we're learning, we are learning useful information, but actually at the same time, there are so much more important things that we should be understanding about each other that could help shape us. But instead, our heads are being filled with, I don't want to say useless knowledge, because that's not what it is, but things that actually... mm, I don't know how to describe it. Create a little bit of a, like a negativity almost, I suppose. But, like whereas this, like we need to do more of sharing our experiences with each other to get to a point where, you know, where we can again break down those barriers and yeah. stuff. To
1: give you um, to give you um, sort of a perspective on this is that when. People are going to holiday destinations. They go to holiday destinations because they were recommended a great place. Because somebody said, this place is fantastic. You should go. And they showed delight and excitement in their kind of passion for giving you a whole breakdown of what they experienced in this holiday destination. So Mm. people ended up going there. And what did them other people do? They then spread the word again. And it, it was just like this... Ripple effect, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, And it also goes to show as well, in terms of the experience you gain and the experience you then share, if nobody shared experience, nobody would be where they are today in this world. Yeah. No organizations would be running effectively because the CEO decided not to share his experience Mm -hmm. or have somebody shadow him Whilst he was sort of slowing down in his role and waiting for that next successor to take, you know, it's, their position. So it's it's the experience in life yeah. that we gain to be able to go forward and push something to the extent that it needs to go to. But not only that, to be able to give to others. It's about giving to others. And my mind, and this is what I always say, I say, every success that you try to achieve in life always include people why is that because people are so important in everybody's positioning and everybody's sort of destination
0: and have you done that like growing up and like into i suppose i should like say as well um could you give like just for the people listening just a little background into like what it is you do now yeah so um yeah yeah <laughs>
1: sorry yeah What it is. You do so I, I i run an organization called ceg not cg sometimes i say it so mm. fast that people think i'm saying cg
0: they start searching it yeah like, uh, <laughs> i know this for the sure thing you talked about
1: c e g which stands for creating effective generations and that quite simply is us going into various different educational institutions organization institutions Um, to enhance the learning experience of young people in and out of education. That's putting it into perspective, but if you want to take it a little bit further, we like to do the whole combination of presentation delivery combined with practical activities. In this way, we can evidence what we've done, and it can be evident that young people have grasped the knowledge of that and have initiated in carrying it out. Uh, and and there's no there's no better thing no better joy no better kind of excitement no better fulfillment than to Mm -hmm. see that take place in every type of destination that we go to
0: would you say as well especially from like I suppose your childhood and what you've seen growing up to be able to impart that knowledge onto others would you say that that's like um almost like in yourself like it's a happiness
1: yeah i I try not to get too happy about it and i try not to because i I don't want it to be about me yeah and i know it was born from me and almost like a reflection of my past but that was me then yeah and
0: you're different now now
1: this is me yeah Mm -hmm. kind of thing like I don't want people to look at it as oh you know danny's just doing this because you know he'd been through this it's all it's all about the danny show and i I, I don't want it to be that way i just want it to be the case that people look up and think i'm hearing a voice from a young person that i never heard from for a long time or i'm seeing a change in a young person that i would not seen for ages i don't want to i don't want to be the person that's like oh everyone only go to Danny and, and things like that. I want it to be the case that Danny is now showing us a pathway. Danny is now opening a door for other people to get involved in, but not only get involved in, but carry mm. out some of the same methods. And let's see how that works out, you know. A lot of the young people that I do work with, it, it more or less does go successful. Mm. Um. You can say that's partially my experience, but that's just because I'm so committed as well. Like, I never drop any young person. I'm not that type of person that says, right, I'll be in this week and I won't come back the next and then I'll just jump back. Like, young people don't need uncertainty anymore in their lives. They've had enough of that.
0: I agree. Dad's been in the agree. picture.
1: He's been out, back out of the picture. Mum's been in the picture. She's back out of the picture. Friends have come and gone aunties, uncles, associates, it's all been happening in their lives. So why would I want to add to that list? So for me, everything's about consistency and everything that I do with that young person. But I also try to find a balance. You don't want to scare them. You don't want to overwhelm them. You've just got to keep it at a, res- a-, a-, a reservation to start off with and then start to build relationship, eventually get into that stage where they now look to you almost as a role model. That's when you have um, the platform to be able to do what you need to do.
0: I can hear the passion in your voice already uh, yeah, when, when it you talk about like the almost like this. fire. This is, this is, this is my, <laughs> it's my no, life. <laughs> I like the thing you said about consistency as well. Cause again, I feel like you're right in terms of people leaving your life and things like that. That's one thing that I, I not hate, but like that whole idea of consistency. I don't think a lot of people have it anymore. And to have that one thing where it's like they know that they can rely upon I think that's nice because like like I said, there's not a lot of it these days and things come and go all the time. Like not even in terms of just like life in general, like brands or like, I don't know, products, things come and go all the time. That's how we operate nowadays. For sure. So I feel like to have that one thing that is consistent, it's nice, something that you can rely upon, something that you know is going to be there and as well will change their lives so that they can like look back on their, you know, that like they're growing up and think actually you know what this is what I want to impart onto others and you're right like spread the message so that it goes all around and no I feel like it is really valuable and you have rewritten your story and you've rewritten other people's stories like unknowingly I know you said you didn't want to make this about you and um I <laughs> know you're quite strong on that but you have you've created something that is like very beautiful and unknowingly you have rewritten people's stories. You've given them something to look forward to. You've given them that sense of like commitment and they're going to keep that with them for the rest of their lives. And I think that's valuable. Like these life skills, a lot is being lost these days. We're not being taught like the, I don't want to say the right life skills, but, but we're being taught skills that is more su- for survival than happiness. I,
1: I just want to be the person that that presents... Um new methods, practices, effective practices that basically allows other people to take from and be able to do the same. I'm a strategy builder, you know, Mm. and that's how I consider myself. I don't, you know, I'm not this major, whatever. I, I, I just like to put in place strategies for any young person doesn't matter whether you've come from abuse, doesn't matter whether you're a dealer, whether you're a gang affiliate, whether you're an enforcer, it doesn't matter about that. For me, it's just about strategies. Okay, this has happened in your life. How about we look at one, two, three, four, and five and see how
0: we each can one move of those. forward.
1: I guess my aim in the future is to create this organization that has almost various different departments where young people can come into and um have um a a a time to to show ambition, whether that's in hair and beauty, whether that's in doing engineering, uh, mechanical engineering, civil engineering, whether that is, you know, creating their own arts company, um, you know, dealing with designs, arts, performing arts, things like this. Like I want to get some of our young people on these podcasts to be able to, you know, I've, I spoke to Michael about one of the projects that I'm looking to do. You know, and the project is basically getting young people on shows such as this to be able to speak out and speak their voices and let people know that I am around just because I'm young. I don't need people to speak on my behalf. You know, builds courage, it builds confidence, it lets other young people as well Mm. gain confidence from that and feel encouraged. You know, we're we're living in a world, in a society today that, you know, um, people are lost. People are walking into the unknown each and every day. Uncertainty is becoming increasingly significant in our society, and in all of our lives, we, we, yeah. We've got to show people that let's let's take control. You know,
0: let's have something a little bit more consistent. Correct. A little bit of loving empathy. <laughs> I keep on saying empathy. I, I yeah. keep, I'm going to use that in every single like session. I think episode. Don't even. forget tough love. <laughs> tough
1: love is always. Uh,
0: Um, So to wrap this up, then I did want to end on that whole point that Danny did say about, you know, getting people's stories out there. And as we have seen throughout this episode, hopefully that you can rewrite your story and that even though you can come from, you know, the hardest of times and stereotypes against you or even your own head battle, like between yourself, you know, there are ways it will take. I know like a long time or patience like Danny was saying earlier but there are ways in which you can rewrite your story and become something you want to be and it doesn't even have to be like ideas of success are so varied so I would say not even successful but happiness and there are ways in which you can find your happiness in the end um but it is through stories like these in which you can see how other people have dealt with these experiences and how you can deal with your own experiences. It doesn't have to be just a one track, um, I suppose like one track life story. It doesn't have to be the same. You can break from it, even though it does take like dedication and time and your own positivity I feel. But um, yeah, I just wanted to end with saying thank you very much to Danny for being on the session today and thank you very much for sharing your story. Um, it was really valuable and I hope that all of you listening find it really valuable as well and take something from it or just even enjoyed listening to the story but yeah I just wanted to say thank you very much for being on the show I hope you enjoyed it as well
1: I'm honoured I'm honoured to be oh. on the show and, and um, <laughs> represent the young people um, represent mm-hmm. the work that I do as well um, and give a great deal of understanding to people out there that just don't know where to start really thank you Thank you.